if you could build a business in the modern world as big or as small as you want without having to compromise the things that were the most important to you in the very beginning? This is the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast with Taylor Welch and Mike Walker, as they share with you today their learning lessons from stories in their experiences over the past 10 to 15 years and share with you right here, right now. Let's get into it. What's up, everyone? This is Taylor Welch. Welcome to a TWC Talks episode. Mike is currently in the air, flying to Nashville. We have an offsite uh, today with the team. And then we have an event with uh, a couple of clients tomorrow here in Nash, Vegas. It's a beautiful time to be alive, to be in business, to be of service. And uh, I thought that I would just take our normally reserved slot that we record these episodes and take one solo because I have a, uh, a special thing to teach you and to share with you today. Let's start with a story. I'll never forget the first time I made real money. You've got to understand this about me. I wasn't born into money. I didn't inherit a bunch of money. My family was middle class. We ate. We never missed food. We never missed a meal, but we didn't have everything that we wanted either. We were, uh, we lived in a, in a, you know, a traditional moderate house in a moderate suburb. And, uh, when I left for college and I got married and we started our lives, me and my wife, we were dirt poor. I'm talking like you would not believe the decisions we had to make. It was like, do we get an oil change? Or do we have a, a date night? Because we can't do both because we're out of money. And uh, I had to learn how to budget every single penny. Like every, I would, I would spend an hour trying to find $3 that I couldn't reconcile. We had a grocery budget, of, I think like 25 bucks a week for both of us. We had a small little apartment in a suburb of Memphis, Tennessee, a uh, suburb called Cordova, and uh, we had no money. And I was like, well, this is awful. I was working at a church, and I was like, I guess this is just doing the Lord's work. You know, <laughs> like, uh, I'm getting paid in other ways, I guess. But um, we made the decision at one point. I remember it wasn't because of the money. It was because of a multitude of different things. But she was like, babe, you got to gotta do something different. You're not sleeping. You're, you're working hundred hours a week. Like there's, this isn't healthy for you. It's not healthy for us. Like my wife is a woman of wisdom and an advice. It's like a, a, a derivative of this podcast is when you are deciding who to spend your life with, make sure that they are a person of wisdom because that will determine in m- many cases, the trajectory of your own life because you're partners with them. You don't run your business and then marry someone and then run your business all by yourself. Like they are still partnered in. Now that doesn't mean my wife makes every decision. Like I could just hear hear it now. I hear the objections now. Like, oh, do you ask your wife permission before you pay a mentor? No. But you know what? I sure as hell include her in the decision. <laughs> I don't go off rogue doing my own thing all the time. She's included in my decisions because she's a partner. We are partnered on life and business and all things. Anyways, that was the tangent on the side. Anyways, we got into business. Uh, I got into real estate and I, I started my own firm because I was uh, I was good at copywriting. I was good at writing marketing copy. I was good at uh, you know market marketing in general. I just had an affinity for it, and I helped my wife get a bunch of clients for a salon. I was like, I can do this for other people, and uh, we went from making you know thirty thirty five thousand dollars a year at the real estate company 
which shows you how poor I was at the church because the real estate company, I felt rich compared to working at the church. 35K a year, when that feels rich, I don't know where you came from, but if 35K a year feels really good, where you came from is really bad. And so uh, we, we, we went from $35,000 a year to, to like, all of a sudden I had this freelance book of clientele running copywriting for people. And one month I built like 25K. And I was like, oh my God, Lindsay, we are freaking rich. We can, we never have to work again for money. Like, this is crazy. Uh, because that one month paid for almost a year of expenses. It was how little we, we had and how, lo- how little money, how little our expenses were. And then it just grew and it grew and $30,000, $40,000 a month, $50,000 a month. And I started a business and doing consulting in addition to the copywriting, $90,000 a month, $100,000 a month, $200,000 a month. And, and I got addicted a little bit to this nonstop month after month, breaking revenue records, grow, 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 grow. And it was a process for me of unwinding that because when you come up poor, you either have two options that you play. There are two main extremes that you go to. And if you're listening to this and you're coming from a position where you haven't had a ton of money, then this you're going to understand this tug of war. The first path is because you've been poor in the past, you are afraid of it and you play really small and you keep yourself throttled. And you don't really push for things and you don't really reach for things because you came up in the game having nothing. And the biggest fear you have is going back to nothing through taking risk. And that's how you deal with it. The second way that people deal with it is they sell out to the money. Money becomes a god to them. And nothing else matters except for the money. And every single minute is optimized. And it's all about the revenue. It's all about the growth. They have to hit their numbers. If they don't hit their numbers, they might as well go back to being poor. And that's how they deal with the fear of being poor. But in both cases, the root cause is a fear that you will go back to where you came from. Isn't it true? This is the fear that drives us, but people handle fear different ways. Some people shrink from fear and some people are like, yo, I need to get up on a plane and jump out the plane. Like I'm addicted to adrenaline. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. And there's like crazy, crazy psychos. And it's like, I have to set a revenue record every single month. If I do not, I am going broke. But there is a path of maturity in the middle. When you realize this, you will never go back to where you came from because that is where you came from. It is not where you're going. It's basic and it's simple. You'll never go back to where you came from because it's where you came from. It's not where you are going. Where you are going is new vision, new impact, new revenues, new clients, new customers. And my challenge for you today is this, simply to make sure your goals are big enough. Your container is big enough. You know what happens when it, what's indicative when a person is in a normal posture of growth and momentum? Their old containers don't contain them anymore because they grew. If you're in the same place you were five years ago, there's something wrong. You have to acknowledge that. There's something wrong. You're not growing. Your old containers are containing the same thing, which means what's inside the container, you, is not growing. It is normal. It is good. It is healthy for you to outgrow different containers, different seasons, different people, relationships, cities. I'm not saying that you should nonstop be addicted and addicted and addicted to like constantly buying a new car every four months. That's what I'm saying. But your goals should be big enough that they can contain more than just you. Some of you are listening to this and you need to up-level your goals. Your goals are freaking small. Listen, you have an obligation to accrue wealth and resources greater than you can currently imagine. Why do you have that obligation? Because there are people in the world that need you. 
There are people in the world that need the example. There are people in the world that need funded. There are churches that need funded. There are missionaries that need funded. There are nonprofits that cannot survive without the wealthy funding those initiatives. The question you have to answer is, are you going to be one of those people who is funding those initiatives? Or are you going to be one of those people who retreats back into a place of safety and protection because you are so afraid of going back to where you came from? So I got for you today. Adios. You're amazing. See you next time. 